What's up, guys? Welcome back to It's Not Normal, the podcast, episode two. Today, I want to get into a topic that I talked about in a TikTok that I posted a couple weeks ago, and I've been getting a ton of comments and messages about it, and so it seems like one of those topics that I should really just kind of dive a bit further into. The idea of the video is basically living your life for someone else or basing your decisions not on what you want to do or what you feel, but instead on the anticipated reactions of other people in your life. I didn't realize that I was doing this for a really long time. And a lot of what I've seen online, a lot of things that I've read, it seems like people, children especially of narcissistic parents, as they kind of grow into adulthood, they don't seem to heal from these things or even recognize some of these things until they're out of that unhealthy environment. And for some people, it can go so far as to not really start to happen until they've gone no contact with their parents. And in the time since I've moved out of my parents' house, which is about four and a half years at this point, there have definitely been significant periods of no contact. And honestly, they have been very peaceful um, very stress-free. I've been able to focus on myself a lot and I've found that when they are involved, even if it is a little bit, you know, and I'm seeing them or talking to them here or there, it does kind of trigger some really stressful emotions and feelings. Um, being around them for extended periods of time, even just wondering kind of how to involve them if we are kind of talking and keeping in contact, you kind of start to feel like, okay, they're going to think that they're not hearing from me enough or maybe they expect me to show up to this thing or that thing. And so it can be really easy to kind of fall back into that role of their child and kind of play into that narcissism again because that's what you've been used to your whole life. That is what your relationship is with them. For me, I think the definitely removing myself from the environment was beneficial and going no contact has been beneficial also. Once I did move out of my parents' house, that was kind of when I started to realize how unhealthy and abnormal a lot of the behaviors and things that I had picked up on were. I thought for a long time that everyone just kind of lived and existed the way that I did and that my family's dynamic was pretty similar to everyone else's family dynamic. The more that I read about narcissism and emotionally unskilled families and adult children of narcissism and sort of the behavior to kind of look out for, it started to make so much sense to me what was going on. I remember so many times when I was younger, especially once I, I mean, this started in elementary school, being just terrified of making mistakes or doing anything that I felt my parents wouldn't approve of. But especially once I got to high school, anytime you kind of transition from elementary school to high school, or you kind of like take a step like that, um, there are going to be a lot of new things that you're introduced to. You're around new people. It's kind of like this new chapter in your life. And so there were a lot of experiences in high school that I missed out on because I didn't do anything to make them happen because I was afraid of what would happen if I did them and my parents found out. My parents were definitely very strict, uh, but I, I don't even think strict is the right word. It's really controlling. I think strict is kind of you know, okay, go out, but you have to be home by 10 p.m. Fine, cool. Or, you know, you can't go out until all of your homework is done. Maybe you can only go out on the weekends. Like, there, there are rules, and I understand how that can be beneficial to kind of introduce that sort of structure, especially in, like, a, a teenager's life. But when you are 
not allowing your kid to do very normal social activities like just hanging out with their friends you know and even knowing that their friend group it's not like they're they're the wrong kinds of kids or like a bad group of kids you know these were all like honors students you know we were we were hanging out to study or to talk about how tired we were from studying so to kind of get in the way of things like that to get mad at your kid for doing things like that to kind of send them paragraphs of text messages just guilt tripping them for going and doing that despite you not wanting them to it can have a really negative impact on on your kid and it can kind of over time, it conditions them to make decisions not based on what they want to do, what they're feeling, what they feel comfortable with, but instead to kind of anticipate the reactions of their parents and then base their decisions on that. And that's really unfair because you have to realize even though you are the parent in this situation, your kid is an individual. They are their own person entirely and they should be free to make their own decisions. If they do something wrong that's objectively wrong or something that you guys talked about that was kind of off the table and then they went and did it anyway, you know, I understand that kind of conversation where it's like listen you did the wrong thing here but you have to give your kid time and space to make mistakes and especially if they do make those mistakes you can't hold those things against them for the rest of their lives you know you can't kind of threaten them with things or punish them so heavily to the point that they're going to be terrified to ever maybe make a mistake again this can be so difficult especially as you get older when you kind of are out of that environment for the first time prioritizing yourself almost feels bad it feels like you're doing something wrong you feel guilty for putting yourself first not to mention every decision that you make you you probably have a harder time making decisions to begin with but every decision that you make you're also thinking of how that decision affects everyone that you're around whoever you're with and you're wondering how your decision is going to affect them and whether or not it's going to make them happy instead of yourself and I didn't realize for so long how wrong that is and I think this pattern of behavior really develops out of self-preservation because when you're a kid you don't really have the mental capacity to handle adult emotions and adult problems and so when you do something and then you get punished for it or yelled at for it or there's some kind of a negative behavior a negative reaction attached to it and that continues to happen your brain is just gonna tell you okay when I do this this happens so I'm gonna do something different and then you start to realize the more that you anticipate your parents reactions the better you get at only doing things that you know they will be in favor of the easier things seem to be for me you know I don't get these empty threats I don't get guilt tripped I don't get yelled at or punished and this kind of develops into a real pattern of behavior that can be really difficult to shake even into adulthood one of the really tricky parts about this sort of topic making decisions and, and kind of a child being conditioned to make decisions based on what someone else wants or needs this can be really difficult when you're dealing with narcissistic parents because it can be a way for them to control you if you know that if you ask to go out with your friends you're gonna get yelled at you're gonna get 
text messages while you're out saying what a disappointment you are and I can't believe you did this or that just making you feel bad you have such a negative association now with an otherwise really positive and fun activity that you're going to be less and less inclined to even ask for it and so in that way your parents have won they don't want you hanging out with your friends anymore and because you have all of this negativity that's kind of attributed to this now you're just going to ask less and less and so they've gotten what they want but at what cost right now you don't go and hang out with your friends and that's unfair and that's not normal no kids should feel like they can't do normal activities just because their parents feel like they are not in control of them during that activity not only was there guilt and shame associated with doing simple straightforward things that every teenager does like hanging out with their friends but also any time I would express a negative emotion to my parents, especially about something that they did or said that upset me or that made me feel bad or that I didn't like, it was never sort of an open and honest conversation. Never was that met with, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Why did that make you feel that way? I didn't intend it in this way. Let's talk about it. Let's get better. Like, you know, I won't do this again. It was always a source of controversy and tension. It was almost as if I wasn't allowed to feel bad for anything. They could do and say whatever they wanted. And without apologizing, I was just expected to get over it and to move on. And if I couldn't do that, especially if I couldn't just do that overnight, which was what was expected a lot of the time, then I became the problem, that I was holding a grudge, that I couldn't just let things go, that we don't want to live in the past and that we have to move on. And that just doesn't allow you to process things properly. And, and in the book, The Science of Stuck, one of the things that I read, one of the little sections that I highlighted, it says that the past remains present until it's processed. And what a perfect way to sum something like that up. All of those arguments and those disagreements and those uncomfortable conversations that didn't end in an apology, but instead were just kind of forced to be tucked down or swept under the rug, they don't go anywhere. They live inside of you. And at some point when you're in a healthy enough space, they're going to resurface and you're going to have to face them. And what's really difficult, especially with adult children of narcissistic parents, when you're out of that environment, chances are your relationship isn't too hot. Maybe you've gone no contact. And so you have to kind of face these issues that you were only a part of. You were only one half of this issue. But now you have to face this and process it and kind of heal from it alone. You don't have the support or the understanding of the other half of this equation, which can be really difficult to just do on your own. I still struggle sometimes as an adult, even being, you know, almost five years out of that environment, not feeling guilty for doing fun things or kind of going out of the way for myself. One of the things especially is buying clothes. And I, I understand fully that there are plenty of people out there who especially in today's day and age, are living on a tighter budget. You can't be going out and buying clothes all the time for your kids and things like that or all the name brand things, you know. I'm not speaking from that perspective at all. But I remember when I was younger, just always feeling weird if I wanted to ask for something while we were out. 
Um, or if I did, it was always like kind of talking about the money or checking the price tag or like, you know, there was always just a something negative around money. And I always felt bad asking for anything that involved money. And now as an adult making my own money and supporting myself, even if I know that it's no problem if I buy this $10 t-shirt, I still look at it and I'm like, do I really need that? Like, do I really, is it worth the $10? Am I going to wear this? How often am I going to wear this? And it makes me think back, like those were all the questions that I would get asked. You know what I mean? It's like, do you really need this? Like, do you want this? How often do you think you're going to wear it? You're going to wear this twice and then never wear it again. And it's just, these things stick with you. And I had no idea, how could you possibly have an idea, especially when you're a kid, that all of these conversations and questions and interactions that just happen throughout your day, that they're going to stick with you until you're an adult. And now even when you're in a store going to pay, you're going to hear these things in your head. It's crazy. It's crazy to me how trauma can kind of manifest itself and just stick with you when you grow up basing so many of your life decisions on what other people want you don't really give yourself an opportunity to figure out who you are and the things that you want i remember specifically when i was applying to colleges i did really well in high school i had great grades and i felt like i could kind of apply anywhere that i wanted to and have a decent enough shot of getting in or at least getting waitlisted and i remember applying to a couple colleges that would have required me to live at school they weren't commuting distance and i remember um my parents saying like why are you even applying there you know you're not going to go there. You know, using things like siblings kind of guilt trip me into making a decision that they wanted me to make. It's incredible to me how I didn't realize it for so long and how often it worked. Sometimes I question, you know, what if I did do those things? Like I, I wanted to make some of these decisions. I wanted to maybe go and live away at school or I wanted to go out with that boy or I wanted to go hang out with my friends on this day. None of those things, I, I didn't do any of those things because I was afraid of what would happen when I got home. I saw a TikTok actually yesterday, I think, and it was a girl... I love her TikToks. I have to uh, tag her or put her handle in here. But she kind of plays the role of a parent and a kid and kind of acts out these different scenarios. And it was just her like walking up to her front door saying, you know, not everyone knows what they're going to be met with when they walk inside. And it was just kind of sending love to people who don't feel safe at home. And I never felt unsafe in the way that I was going to be physically harmed. But I remember on so many occasions coming home from the best nights just the best nights that you've had when you're you're having so much fun and it's just you feel free and then you get dropped off and you walk up to the door and it's just like what am I going to have to answer for the mood is going to be down the energy is going to be low I'm going to be made to feel like I did something wrong there's going to be some kind of judgmental or passive aggressive comment that's made before I could even just make it into my bedroom and that's such a terrible feeling to purposely maybe without knowing but but intentionally in some way make so many positive experiences negative by just kind of following it up with all of this negative energy it's so unfair and it, it's completely not normal. It can be really difficult to kind of move into adulthood after living in this sort of environment for so long without ever kind of asking yourself, 
What do I want to do? How do I feel about this? And kind of throwing everyone else's opinions to the side and just prioritizing yourself. You're going to start to ask yourself, who am I? Because you never really got a chance to figure that out in a safe and healthy environment. You kind of had to pretend to be this version of yourself that was favorable to your parents, that would save you a lot of heartache and tension and punishment. It's so discouraging to feel like you can't even be yourself around people like your parents, that you kind of have to hide parts of yourself because you know that they won't take them well or they won't react to them well. You kind of have this realization, I know I did, I'm still kind of living within this realization that I can live my life for myself and no one else because I'm, I'm an individual, I'm my own person. And I know that that might seem so obvious to some people, but you kind of find yourself living your life in service to other people for so long that when you kind of finally step into the spotlight and it's just you and you realize that I don't have to run my decisions by anybody. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. I can do what makes me happy and that's it. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. It's mind-blowing and it's incredibly freeing, but it's also very confusing because chances are if you've been living in that environment for so long, you don't know entirely who you are. You haven't had a lot of time to kind of figure that out. And so depending on, I'm, I'm 26 years old now and I'm still learning things about myself, you know, and kind of figuring out the way that I feel about things that I thought I knew how I felt. But then I was like, I actually don't like the way that this feels. I don't think this is really me. Let me kind of strip this thing back to what it is and reform my own opinion. And it's wonderful, but it's also a lot of work. You know, I feel like there's a reason that, you know, from the time you're born to the time you're considered an adult, maybe when you're 18, that's when you figure these things out because you don't have as much responsibility as you do as, as an adult. You're kind of socializing, you're interacting, you're in all of these different environments and, and experiencing these different things so that you can really kind of try things and figure out who you are. And when you don't have that, I feel like narcissistic parents so often rob their children of that without even knowing it. It can be really hard to kind of feel like you're playing catch up as an adult. But nonetheless, we keep on going. We figure it out even if we are a little bit older, right? It's never too late. When you grow up in this kind of environment, it can kind of manifest itself in your future relationships also. Whether it's with a friend or a romantic partner, I know for a long time, even still sometimes, I know that it's wrong, but I can't help that feeling down like inside you feel responsible for your friend or your partner, for their mood, for their emotions. You kind of take how they're going to react or how you think they're going to react into consideration when you make decisions. And something that I heard recently, which is really applicable here, is when you start off doing things like this, it's kind of seen as a really nice thing when you're thinking of other people. And it's nice to think of other people. It's nice to take other people's feelings into consideration and to do things that you know will make them happy, even if you have to sacrifice something. But when this is taken to the extreme, that's when it's really detrimental to the individual. Yes, do this sometimes where it's, you know, I've, I've got something planned that I've been looking forward to, but you know, it's my friend's birthday and now we're having a party for her. So, you know what, I'm not going to go to this thing that I was excited about. I'm going to kind of sacrifice that and go to my friend's birthday because I know it would mean a lot to her that I was there. Right. But if you're doing that, 
with every single decision that you're making throughout the day, that's not normal. That's wrong. And you're going to find that sooner or later, you're going to have to start prioritizing yourself. And it's going to feel weird, especially in the beginning. It's going to feel like you're doing something wrong. You're almost going to feel guilty about it. But just know that there's nothing wrong with that. You are your own person. You are in full control of your life and everything that's going on. I wanted to go through a couple of the comments that I got on this video also. I think the comment sections on these videos have been so wonderful. Um, so many people have kind of been sharing their experiences and their stories and kind of giving their perspective. And it's really great to see how much of a community there is. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see a lot of people that have struggled with these kinds of things because they are really difficult and hard. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people have dealt with them. And so the fact that there is kind of a community where we can talk and share our stories and be there for one another and kind of make everyone feel less alone is a really beautiful thing. The first comment I wanted to talk about was Haley. She said, I most consistently feel this when I express emotions. I feel so guilty for getting upset about things that I gaslight myself. I completely understand. I think I can count on one hand. I know I can count on one hand the number of times throughout my 21 years living with my parents that I went to them and expressed to them how I was feeling, especially if it was a negative emotion that was a result of something that they said or did. I feel like I very quickly learned that it wasn't that kind of a relationship where I couldn't confide in my parents. I couldn't go to them and expect comfort and understanding and empathy. It was more like anytime I said anything negative, it was an attack on them. And I was wrong for feeling the way that I felt. And it makes so much sense how this can kind of lead to gaslighting yourself in the future. If for so long, when you expressed the way that you were feeling, you were told that you were wrong for feeling the way that you felt or that it wasn't that bad or that I didn't do that to cause this. It gets to the point where anytime you feel something negative, you're going to question, was it really that bad? Am I just overreacting? Am I being sensitive? You know, is it, is it me? And it's not. Maybe sometimes. We all overreact, right? We all take things out of context sometimes, but not every single time. It can be really difficult also to kind of learn after being in that environment for so long and kind of learning to never express your emotions, especially directly with someone, to then kind of enter into a different relationship, a healthy relationship, and then know how to communicate directly with that person. I didn't realize for the earlier parts of mine and my husband's relationship that when he would do or say something that would upset me, I wouldn't just go to him with it. I would kind of mimic a lot of the behavior that I witnessed growing up where I would be quiet or cold. I would make a point of doing things on my own. I would uh, kind of be a little passive aggressive and I wouldn't say what was wrong. And it took me a while to realize how unhealthy that was and how abnormal that was. And now I've, I feel so lucky to be able to just go to my partner and say, hey, 
when you said this thing to me, like it really didn't make me feel good. So can we maybe talk about it and figure out how we can work on this in the future moving forward? Direct communication is so important and it makes things so much simpler for everyone involved. But it can be really difficult to even feel comfortable enough standing up and saying how you feel when you've been in this kind of a situation for so long, when any time you've brought up your emotions, you were met with negativity or gaslighting. So I'm really sorry, Haley, that you've ever kind of gone through that. And just know that there's nothing wrong with you expressing your emotions. It's a good thing. And if you gaslight yourself, it's probably because you've been gaslit a lot before. And if you know that, then try to gaslight yourself less and less and less until you just don't anymore. All right. The next comment here is from Shelves. This, the guilt and shame are real wasn't until I went fully no contact six months ago with my parents that I was able to really start addressing the guilt and shame. Yeah, so this kind of comes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, how it can be extremely difficult to recognize these behaviors and then heal from them until you've removed yourself from that environment. I think back sometimes to what my perspective on life was when I was still living with my parents when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't a negative kid or a sad kid. I didn't feel like I was depressed um, or had really a bad outlook on life. I feel like I was always kind of positive and making the best of situations. And I think it just comes down to the fact that I wasn't in an environment that was safe to express the way that I was truly feeling. And so I was suppressing a lot of these emotions. And when I was finally out of it, it felt like I got hit by a train. You know, these things just kind of start making their way to the surface and they all have to be dealt with at some point or another. And what's sad depending on what your relationship looks like with your parents when you finally remove yourself from whatever environment it is that they've created whether you move out you move to a different state or or go away to school anything um, their presence in any capacity can really complicate this and continue to make this difficult in the time that I went no contact it was wonderful and it can feel so bad to say that or to kind of admit that to yourself as a kid because you never want to feel like the less your parents are involved in your life, the better off you are. But sometimes that's just the way that it is. And it was really nice to feel like I could do whatever I wanted, that I could make decisions and not be made to feel bad about it. If I wanted to take a road trip across the country. I could pack up a car and I could leave tomorrow and no one would make me feel bad about it. No one would make any snide comments or passive aggressive remarks. I wouldn't get any paragraphs of text messages while I was out on the road saying how disappointing I was and how nothing means anything to me. I was just living in the world and the world is a lot kinder and a lot more open-minded than I was used to. Going no contact sometimes is really the best thing to do when you're starting to heal it's so easy especially depending on how long you were with your parents and kind of how intense your relationship was it can be so easy even on just holidays or over text on the phone to just fall back into the role of like child you know these are my parents and this is the way that I have always interacted with them this is the way that I've always behaved with them and so it feels weird to kind of try and start to do anything new now not to mention, more often than not, if you do introduce this new healthy behavior, setting boundaries, they're not going to take kindly to it. They're going to get defensive. They're going to take it as a personal attack. And it's not going to be beneficial to you moving forward. 
And again, it's a really difficult thing to kind of come to terms with the fact that maybe even for a time, your life is better off without one of the most significant relationships that you've had in your life up until that point. So I'm happy for you, Shelbs, that you've gone no contact and you're starting to address all of that now. I'm really proud of you. All right, next we've got quitch or feeling selfish because you're not considering their feelings. Absolutely. I feel like we've already talked about this so much. Making a decision that you know is going to make your parents unhappy makes you feel so bad. And so even if it's a decision that you really want to make and it's something that you want to do or that you want to experience and you're excited about it, you can't fully 100% be excited about it because now there's this other side of you that's completely upset, that's feeling guilty, that knows you're going to be met with something negative when you go home. And so you feel bad about it. You feel selfish. And so often I feel like this can continue into adulthood and into your adult relationships and friendships where if you make a decision that upsets another person or if you make a point of prioritizing yourself and saying, you know what, no, I actually don't feel like going out tonight. I'm not feeling too great. Maybe next time. And someone gets upset with you about that. You feel so selfish. Just doing what's best for you feels wrong. And there's guilt that's associated with that. And there shouldn't be. There is nothing wrong with putting yourself first. And there is nothing wrong with considering your own feelings before anyone else's. All right. And then we've got civil underscore NB. When I moved out during college, I felt guilty going to the store past 10 p.m. This honestly, and I might, I, this might be the perfect way to wrap this episode up. This reminds me of a story. When I was in high school, I was probably a sophomore in high school. And for a little bit of background, when I was growing up in elementary school, I didn't have a ton of friends. I was terrified of ever getting in trouble or doing anything wrong. And so I excelled. I was like top of the class student, you know, like teacher's pet vibes. That's what everybody thought. Um, and so I didn't really have a big friend group. I got picked on a lot for just being like the smart kid. Once I got to high school, I was in all honors classes. And so a lot of the kids that I was around had similar sort of backstories to mine where, you know, they were at the top of the class. They were the smart kid. They got picked on. They didn't have a lot of friends. And then we kind of bonded with each other over that and became each other's friends. And that was a really great thing. And so I might have been like a sophomore in high school. And me and a few of my girlfriends had a sleepover at one of my girlfriend's houses. And this was probably like my first, you know, sleepover that wasn't family and my first sleepover period in years. And I was so excited. You know, it was literally the girl's house was five minutes from where I live. My parents knew her parents. Like it was very low key. And we were having so much fun. And we decided, I think maybe around 11 o'clock, that we wanted to walk to a 7-Eleven, which was like two blocks away, to get ice cream. We wanted ice cream so bad. And I just remember feeling like terrified that maybe my parents were spying on me and they were going to see that I was leaving the house late and that I was going to 7-Eleven and I was going to get in trouble for it. Maybe they would somehow magically be at 7-Eleven at the exact same time that I was and they would see me there like in my pajamas, you know, buying ice cream and then that would be a problem. Maybe there was someone there who knew my parents who was going to tell my parents that they saw me out late. And so this really simple thing that could have just been so fun and and silly 
there was so much thought that went into it on my side. There was so much paranoia. There was so much just kind of like stress making that walk there and back. It felt like I was going to rob a bank. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, I hope the cops don't catch me. And yeah, I definitely felt bad for for just doing those little things that, you know, okay, maybe going out at 11 in my pajamas and I'm having a sleepover to the corner store. It's like a little silly or whatever. But it shouldn't warrant getting punished. It shouldn't warrant that amount of paranoia and that amount of thought on a kid's end. You know, it can be really exhausting looking back at all of that and and feeling almost a sense of regret sometimes on all of the things that you voluntarily missed out on because you were scared of what you would go home to. But there's nothing we can do about that kind of stuff now. And all we can do to kind of remedy that and and to give our teenage selves and our our tween selves and all the experiences that they deserve is to realize these things now and to prioritize ourselves maybe for the first time in our lives go out do the things that you want to do make the decisions that feel true to you don't feel guilty for putting yourself first unlearn all of these negative behaviors define the world as you want to as the person that you are now and the person that you want to be. That's all I've got for today. <laughs> Thank you for uh, sticking around and I will be back with another episode. Let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving.